Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm Derek Terry, joined by Sean Smith. Sean is in or out, uh, en route, I should say, and has been for most of today. Uh, heading to Tampa for the SEC tournament. So happy that this tournament is back and normal, Sean. Obviously, a new location somewhere that I never covered it because uh, I think it's the first time it's been there since 2009. But anyhow, Sean, how excited are you to, to get down to Tampa for this tournament? I'm pretty excited about it, considering uh, it's been two years since you and I had all those phone calls talking about uh, the SEC tournament being canceled, and this is the first time it's truly been normal since then. So I'm excited, and you've had good basketball so far. Like Friday or Thursday has been a very good day, especially that first game with, with A&M in Florida going to overtime and some exciting basketball. you got teams fighting for a one seed and two seed and three seed all across the board. It's a very good tournament. I'm excited to cover it. Yeah, it was a wild noon slate today. Uh, watched quite a few games. You had, like you mentioned, Florida got down big, came back against AM, sent it to overtime. AM, more or less, it's a buzzer beater to win. I think there was like 0.1 left after that three went in. You had uh, Duke and Syracuse in a battle. Duke eventually pulled that game out. And I didn't watch it, but in the Big 12, you had Texas blow a 20 point lead and lose to TCU. And I might be forgetting the game, too. There's been a few games. Uh, Arizona State last night blew a huge lead. Uh, oh, yeah, Indiana. Indiana and uh, Michigan today. That was the other game. A another game where I think Michigan led by like 17 and lost. So it's madness out there, Sean. March is here. Um, Kentucky, as we record this. So we wanted to get an episode out and let it run for most of the day tomorrow. Uh, but because of that and because Kentucky's opponent plays a late game, as I speak right now, there is 1443 left in the first half of Alabama and Vanderbilt. Alabama leads 14 to 11 with Jaden Shackelford at the free throw line. Um, so this will be who Kentucky plays tomorrow, Sean. Both these teams, Kentucky defeated twice in the regular season. Um, so instead of – since we won't know by the time this podcast is over who exactly Kentucky's playing. So if you're listening to this on Friday morning, um, you know, you, you will know at that point who Kentucky's playing, but we don't. So just for discussion's sake, Sean, tell me something about each of these teams Kentucky – could play Vanderbilt or Alabama. What would worry you about them? And what would give you confidence if Kentucky is to play either of these, well, whichever team they play tomorrow? Well, I, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago that Vandy was one of those teams that I wouldn't want to see in this tournament. And I made the prediction the other day that Kentucky wouldn't be playing them. Now, we have no idea at this moment, but Vandy, it would scare me just because it's one of those teams that we know that they want to kind of, you know, have it be a muck it up a little bit and, and slow the pace and kind of have a grind at the free throw line and, and things like that. And they got Scotty Pippen Jr. who can put up a lot of points and they'd be a desperate team. They'd certainly be playing for their tournament lives. On the other side, Alabama, you've beaten them twice. They couldn't have been hotter than what they were in the first half at Rupp Arena. You didn't have your top two guards. But then it was kind of scary a little bit to think, you know, could they get hot again? And this time, could they stay hot for an entire game? It'd be hard to beat a team three times. I think that's the challenge on, on either side of this. But uh, how about this too, Derek? That Vandy win in Asheville, it's been flipping back and forth between a quad one and a quad two for the last two weeks. Well, their win last night in the tournament and then them playing this game, I don't think it drops from a quad one. This I think it remains a quad one. Alabama's still a quad one. I mean, this this could be an opportunity if, if they play Alabama tomorrow to get another quad one and, and you're right up there among the likes of the most quad one wins in college basketball. Is Baylor losing right now, by the way, 
they were down six last time I looked in the final minute. Is that still accurate? Uh, I'm not seeing a score for that. I'll look it up while we do this. Um, but in so terms that's a of huge the, impact. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Well, that's why I saw a lot of UK fans, and naturally UK fans I think are going to root for Duke to lose. But I think there was a real chance, Sean, that if they lost today, they might, they might have gotten knocked off the two line. And at that yeah, point, yeah. if they're in the three, I mean, you're, you're putting them in potential UK's, you know, bracket, and maybe you're seeing a team like that in the Sweet 16. So, um, in terms of that Baylor score, they're down five. Yeah, that looks like they're going to lose. They're down six, actually, with six seconds left. So. Well, and, and that's a team – and that's a team right now with Gonzaga. So, Gonzaga has ten quad one wins. Baylor has ten. Kentucky and Kansas are tied with nine, and so is Tennessee. So I think I think I said this probably about a month ago. I thought by the time we got to Tampa, Kentucky could finish this tournament with 12 to 13 quad one wins. Now they're, they're probably not going to get to 13 because they're at nine now. So they'd have to have one of those other wins uh, somewhere kind of buff up to a quad one. I doubt that happens. But if you get to play in Alabama and you Tennessee and Auburn, you could end with 12 quad one wins. Gonzaga's not going to pick up any quad one wins. Their tournament's over with. That's where I'm coming from. If Kentucky wins this tournament, they they should be a one seed. Same thing with Auburn if they win the tournament. And I think Tennessee, if they win this thing, gets a two. Like there's a lot on the line yeah. down here this weekend. And and with Arkansas playing, you know, trying to maybe climb to a three seed. There you could see a lot of these teams go across the board. Can the SEC get two ones now if Kentucky and Auburn make it to the title game, considering that Baylor's losing? I mean, does that open the door for the SEC to be the, the two one seed lead? I don't know. It's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, that game has gone final. <clears throat> Excuse me, Oklahoma defeats Baylor 72-67. to 67. So, you also had Arizona today barely hold on, and I don't know enough about it, but they had an injury today. I think a pretty significant injury to one of their best players today. Uh, sprained ankle, I believe, although I don't know who it was. I think it might have been their point guard. But, Sean, let's recap some of the SEC scores to this point. We mentioned earlier uh, that uh, – well, there's been some news. We'll start with the news. Tom Crean to no one's uh, – no surprise at all. He was fired today after going 6-26. and 26. Truly one of the worst seasons I can remember from an SEC team. Uh, I've heard that Xavier assistant – and Jeff Goodman reported this, but I heard it from a, from a Georgia reporter – that Jonas Hayes, an Xavier assistant and Georgia alum, is most likely to get that job. I don't know a ton about him, but being a Georgia guy, they'll probably give him a little bit of time and – uh, he'll need to be someone who can get some recruits. But they got destroyed last night by Vanderbilt. That ended their season. Texas A&M beat Florida today in overtime. You had LSU take down Missouri. And then you had South Carolina put up a truly horrendous offensive performance today. Had a season low shooting percentage. And they lost uh, pretty decisively to Mississippi State. So the bracket is set outside of for, for Friday outside of this Vanderbilt-Alabama matchup. You'll have the first game. Um Auburn will play Texas A&M, and then following that in the early session, you'll have probably potentially the best game of the day tomorrow, I would say, Arkansas and LSU, and then in the nightcap, Tennessee versus Mississippi State, and then the 3C Kentucky versus either Alabama or Vanderbilt. So I know you plan on covering all those games, Sean, and one of the epi- one of the things we wanted to do in this episode is kind of give some predictions, kind of talk about some things. You just laid it out uh, in our previous segment just there. Uh there's a lot to play for. So let's start at the top with the one seed Auburn. And for each of these teams, let's do the top four teams. Tell me one reason why you think they could win this SEC tournament. And then one reason why I think they might not win the SEC tournament. Does that sound like fun? 
It does, uh, actually. You know, Auburn, it starts with Walker Kessler and, and Jabari Smith. And I think it starts with Bruce Pearl. You know, Bruce Pearl's won this tournament once. They, they went on a run a few years ago, and he knows what it takes to win this league tournament and be playing good this time of year with that Final Four run three years ago. But to me, it, it starts and ends with their backcourt. If their backcourt's good, then they've got a shot. If their backcourt's not good and the shot selection's not good, then I think that's where they could fall even before they even get to the semifinal Saturday. they got a dangerous team tomorrow in Texas A&M. Texas A&M and Florida played elimination game today, and Texas A&M only bumped up like a spot or two. I think they're in the next four out, Lenardi's projections. Uh, we know with the bubble shrinking every single day, you got bid-stillers out there, Derek. Texas A&M is probably going to try to beat one, and if, if they get a win versus Auburn, I don't think that gets them in the tournament, but I guarantee you they'd be in that first four outline going into a game on Saturday with either Arkansas or LSU and have a chance to play their win to the tournament. If A&M runs it all the way to the title game with their net and everything and, and the way they started the season and the way they've closed the season, you might be talking about the league getting seven teams in then. Yeah, I mean, that'd be tremendous for the league, especially after just a few years ago. It was a struggle to, to get more than two or three teams in. With Auburn, when I look at them, you have a talent in Jabari Smith that he could carry you in a tournament like this. If he gets hot, if he plays his best, he's good enough. He's that kind of talent, I think, that you know he can he could run the table for you. Um, and and when you you know their second SEC championship and you know really the last three tries because they won it in 2019, didn't have it in 2020. Uh, they had a bad year last year, but two times in three years for a school like that would be tremendous. Um, and I, but I agree with you. Uh, Katie Johnson and Wendell Green, they scare the hell out of me, not in a good way. Uh, I, I've watched them play enough, and apparently uh, at home, you know, they play there, they get the crowd behind them, maybe some of those shots that I would call questionable uh, might go in a little bit more there, but I've also watched them play games at Auburn. I uh, didn't hurt them as bad at Georgia. They found a way to win. But just, I think, truly terrible shot selection. And if you're not on and you have guys like Smith or Kessler, I mean, Kessler, if he gets in foul trouble, I mean, it could be in for a battle tomorrow, just beating Texas A&M. But um, let's go to the two seed. Uh, and that's the Tennessee Volunteers. They finished 14-4 and four in the regular season, as did Kentucky, but because they beat Auburn. They had the tiebreaker. They get the two seed. Very interesting team to me, Sean. You look at them, you would say, I don't think they've had a bad loss all season. They also had home nope. wins against Arizona, Auburn, and Kentucky. Um, much like other, every other team in the SEC, struggled on the road against good teams, but that was kind of everybody this year. So Tennessee, I don't think, has won a, an SEC tournament in, what, like 40-something years? <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah, since they've won one. But I like this Tennessee team, and they're playing really well right now. So same deal with them. One reason why you think they could win it, one thing that might keep them from doing so. Uh, my reason would be defensive end. If they defend at the level like they that they can, and that we saw them defend against Kentucky, their transition defense. They they've got guys that in Wilkerson and Vescovy and those guys that have played in this tournament. They played in big games. If Tennessee hits shots, they're trouble. They're trouble for anyone that they play. But if they don't hit shots. It's hard for them to win, Derek. If, if they have they have games where they struggle to even get to 55, 56, 60 points when they're not able to 
So I'd say the reason is the guys like Fulkerson and Scooby and these people that have played in these tournaments, the reason they won't win it is Rick Barnes. I, I feel like Rick Barnes, and I'm not saying it's all Rick's fault, but it always seems like that he has a team or he gets there. Like a few years ago, they beat Kentucky, and then they get the title game and they lose to Auburn. Uh, it always feels like Rick Barnes comes up short this time of year in tournament play, and that would be the reason why I'd say they don't win. Yeah, you mentioned their offensive struggles. You look at the games that they've lost. They scored 53. This is way back in November, but they scored 53 against Villanova. They scored 52 points in overtime <laughs> against Texas Tech. They had 45 minutes that game, scored 52 points. Uh, granted, Texas Tech only scored 57, but they scored 68 at Alabama in a loss, 67 against LSU. Really, their best game in a loss was against Kentucky uh, in terms of offensive. I mean, obviously, their defense was, you know, Kentucky was on fire that day. Um, they scored 79 against Kentucky, but gave up 107. But then you look at Texas 51, Arkansas 48. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, um, they've also had some really good offensive performances, games where they scored in the 80s, 90s to get wins. Uh, they, they nearly put up 50 on Kentucky in the hat in the first half in Knoxville. Um, that, that backcourt's very good, too. When it's yeah. good, it's really good. So let's but, move on hey, to Kentucky. That, well, hold on. one yeah. thing about Tennessee, you mentioned that Texas A&M game. Derek, had they won one of those games that they lost, like an AM or at Arkansas? Texas I Tech. I think this would be a – yeah, sorry. At, yeah. Sorry, not A&M. At, yeah. at Texas Tech or at Arkansas, had they won one of those games or somewhere else along the way, I think this would be a team that could play its way into a one seed given its resume. They're 9-7 against quad one. They have no losses outside of quad one. And they're right there on the three-seed line. If you think, hey, had they beaten Texas Tech there early in December, and if they'd beaten maybe Arkansas on the road, this would be a team that would probably be comfortably on the two-line right now that could be playing its way into a one. I think if Tennessee gets to the title game, they're possibly a two-seed depending on what happens the rest of the way. Like, they would have two wins against Kentucky if Kentucky advances. They would have a win against Auburn, a win against Arkansas, a win against Arizona. And no bad losses. I mean, you could look up and see Tennessee as a two on Sunday, but I think the, the league has a really good shot at getting a one, a two, a three, and a four in that NCAA tournament. And, and that'd be very impressive across the board if, if they get one of those four or all those four in the seed line. Yeah, Wes Rucker had a tweet on Saturday after Tennessee beat Arkansas. And he made the point that Tennessee played in terms of the big four, which are the teams that finished top four of the season. Uh, well, three other teams uh, in addition to Tennessee, obviously, uh, Auburn, Kentucky, and Arkansas. And he pointed out that Tennessee was the only team that played five games against those teams. But as we texted, that worked out. I think you would trade that if you're Kentucky for sure because they get to play Auburn, Arkansas, and Kentucky all at home one time. Um, exactly. This is one of those years. I don't really care to say it. I don't care if I sound like a homer. I truly think Auburn won the league title this year because of the schedule, the unbalanced schedule. Um, they did. They played three games against those other top three teams in the league, and they went one and two. So they had to go to Arkansas, and they had to go to Tennessee, and they lost both of those, and they did beat Kentucky at home. But in Kentucky's case, you know, you had to go to Arkansas, go to Auburn, didn't get the return game. Uh, you did get to play Tennessee at home at least, and you got that win. But Kentucky goes 14-4. and four, you know, without getting those return games, whereas, you know, Tennessee and, you, and Tennessee, because I feel like because they got Auburn at home, they win that game and they go 14 and four. And since Auburn is the top team in the league, that's what the tiebreaker is based on. And they get the two seed over Kentucky. 
So I and, think even in Tennessee's case, four, yeah. And, and, and all four of those Kentucky losses, you could argue that they were not at full strength. Like Tata and Sabir coming back off the, the injury there to Arkansas. Like they, I mean, that's that's another break that these teams caught with not having, not getting Kentucky for a full 40 minutes. Well, speaking of the Cats, they're the three seed. Uh, as we mentioned, we know who they'll be playing. As just an update, if you're following, you know, when you listen to this tomorrow or maybe even tonight, uh, Alabama's up 22 14. They've been ahead the whole game to this point. But the Cats, a lot of people think, and I think this, I think they're the best team on a neutral court. They'll get a chance to prove that this weekend. So, one reason, Sean, you think Kentucky will win this SEC tournament? One thing that might keep it from doing so. The reason why I think they'll win it is John Calipari won six of these things. His approach to this tournament is not to win it. It's to just help your seed, just take it one game at a time and play. I think that takes a ton of pressure off your team when you're not discussing winning this tournament, when you're just saying, hey, look, we're going down here, we're playing for the fans, we're playing for our seed, we're playing to get better and going into that next tournament. I think Cal does the best, or is best at taking pressure off his teams when it comes to this time of year. The reason why they won't win it is if Oscar Sheboy gets in foul trouble and then they can't recover from it. And I think Kentucky needs Oscar to have a game this weekend to where he gets two early fouls and he sits and it forces them to have to play through it against a very good team. So against, against the Arkansas or stuff like that, that's the is a national champion when that bracket comes out on Sunday is I want to see them play without Oscar and see how they how they handle it, who steps up, and it has to be against a good opponent. It can't be against Vandy. I don't even know if it could be against Alabama. I want to see it against a team that is in talks of being a second weekend team in the NCAA tournament or an Elite Eight Final Four team. And the only way you see that is if it's against Tennessee, Auburn, or Arkansas. And I think that that would be the reason they wouldn't win it is if something like that happens or an injury. I just think Kentucky's the best team on a neutral floor. Yeah, I do as well. Um, I understand your reasoning for wanting to see that, but I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> I want Kentucky uh, <laughs> to be in a you know to be in a spot where it's going to give itself the best chance to win. But again, you're right though. This is you're still this tournament. You're looking big picture. Would it be great to win an SEC tournament? Yes, Kentucky's. You know, it feels like a long time ago, really, uh, well, with everything that's happened in the world since they won the SEC tournament. It's not been that long. I guess my concern is if it happens to you here, then you're forced to have to play through it without mm-hmm. it ending your season. If it happens to you in that next tournament, it's the first – I mean, it could be the first time it's happened to you against an elite team. You know, where do you go? Like, how do you respond to it? And I think that – and I still think that they could win without Oscar if Oscar has the game in foul trouble. I think it would force some others to have to step up. Ty Ty Washington would have to put some points in the basket. Like, it, it couldn't just be six or seven points. He would have to make shots. Uh, it would force uh, Keon and all these other guys to, to make plays. And I, I think that that scenario, I, I would much rather see it in Tampa than see it, let's say, in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight against a Duke or against a Villanova or a Purdue or Arizona or someone like that. I, I just think I'm thinking preparation, and I just don't want it to be something that they haven't seen against a good team. I think that's very well thought out. Uh, it's a good point. And then the last team, the four seed, and again, there are other teams. Obviously, that come tomorrow, there's still going to be uh, four more teams in addition to the ones we're talking about. But I, I think very clearly all year long, these four teams uh, have been 
by far the best teams in the league and the most likely to to win the SEC tournament. So Arkansas, you and I, I think differ on Arkansas. I actually feel least confident about them advancing in the NCAA tournament versus the other three teams. We'll see what happens, but Sean with those Razorbacks, a tough opening game tomorrow against LSU. One reason you think they could win it all, uh, the SEC tournament that is, and then one reason it might not. And these are probably the simplest reasons that I'll come up <laughs> with. The reason that they'll win it is J.D. Note. The reason they won't win it is this isn't Bud Walton Arena. Yep. You have your PA announcer, but you don't have your arena, and that's the reason they won't win it. J.D. Note is the very reason they very well could win it because he could go for 30-plus in every single game. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, Note, I mean, was incredible against Kentucky. He's had some other games that were very, very good. Um I guess instead of saying I think Arkansas is least likely, or maybe I think they haven't quite had the same challenges on scheduling. I really think Kentucky and Tennessee, in terms of the scheduling, have, have definitely been tested the most in the league this year. And I think that's going to benefit both those teams in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Auburn, I, I feel, is more talented than Arkansas. And at least had like you at least have a guy like Jabari Smith that whenever he steps on the floor, he's probably going to be the best player on either team. And then you have a guy like Kessler who, I mean, how many teams have a center like Kessler? Not many. I, to me, that's Auburn's the big advantage is there. But they're not a they're not a great shooting team, Sean. And they and they I don't still think they always get great guard play. So they scare me a little bit. Hell, I'll be honest with you at this point. And it's scary to do with Tennessee's history in the NCAA tournament. I feel a little bit better about Kentucky and Tennessee making the deepest runs out of the SEC uh, when the big dance starts. Well, and, and I know I said a week or so ago that I felt more confident in Arkansas, but the more I looked at it, especially after the game in Knoxville, and I know Tennessee almost choked that one away, you know, down the stretch, Arkansas made a run at them. But you're right, given who Tennessee has played. And I know it, it's it's hard because these teams have been so good at home yeah. that I don't really know much about, you know, how is Auburn going to react on a neutral floor without that, that home crowd, the jungle? How is Tennessee going to react without that home crowd at Thompson Bowling? Same thing can be said about Arkansas and Bud Walton Arena. We know how Kentucky's going to react. We've seen them on neutral floor, dismantle North Carolina. We've seen them blow out Kansas on the road like I feel like we know the most about Kentucky but then I guess the second team you probably have to look at and just say well who they've beaten it probably would have to be Tennessee when they've beaten Arizona they've beaten Kentucky they've beaten Auburn I mean there's three teams there in contention for a one seed you know that they've knocked off that's where I was coming from earlier had had Tennessee just been able to get a win 
earlier in the season or or one of those late in conference play, they would probably be in contention for a one. But I, I just don't think that they can climb that far this week. But they can certainly climb to a two. This is the first year, Derek, that I remember coming to this tournament, either covering it or as a fan, and thinking there's more than just Kentucky and maybe the two or three having a lot to play for. There's a lot to play for down here. You've got Texas A&M tomorrow that's trying to play its way into the tournament. Uh, you certainly have Alabama who's looking to prove maybe some of the people in the preseason that, that thought they were going to be a better basketball team. You have a team that has beaten Gonzaga. They've beaten Houston. They, they've beaten Baylor. <laughs> they've beaten good teams. Like, this league is really good. And I think that regardless of how the seeding works, you have a couple of these SEC teams in the same bracket next week when it's revealed on Sunday. It wouldn't shock me, though, if the SEC, we look up and they have the most teams in the Sweet 16. I think the league is that good, and I think you're going to see it from now all the way through Sunday. I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining tournaments, and it's it's because of the talent level they have across the board. Last thing to talk about tonight, uh, and you mentioned this to me. I, I, I'm obviously out of the loop now. It's not my job anymore. Uh, you said John Calipari sells a press conference tonight to preview uh, who they're going to play, and you said 10 p.m., right? Yeah, 10 p.m. Well, I can tell you it's 9.23 right now, and there's still six minutes left in the first half. So this game is not going to be over at 10 p.m. So I don't know what y'all are going to talk about, <laughs> whatever he gets on there. But uh, one thing, let's talk about big picture. We talked about a lot of these teams, but just the league as a whole, Sean, some things that surprised you this year, some things that maybe didn't surprise you, teams that disappointed you, teams that you thought would be better. I'll, I'll start with one team. And they did get a win tonight. I really thought Mississippi State was going to be better this season. I thought with the additions that they had, they had a really good transfer class come in. You talk about Garrison Brooks, DJ Jeffries, um, Rocket Watts from Michigan State. You had Molinar back. I, I thought that was a team. And, again, they still have a chance to salvage it. They can still make a run here in Tampa. How about you? Were there any other teams that wowed you in, in either a good or bad way? I didn't think Georgia would be as bad as what they were. I mean, that was bad. Yeah, it's I mean, hard to predict a team to win six games whenever a season starts. It is. I didn't think they would be great. I wasn't really factoring them into, you know, the conversation. But when you look at these guys that Green lost to transfer, it kind of makes it look even worse, right, that they couldn't do a lot with them when he had them. When we're talking Sauvier Wheeler and Katie Johnson, all these other guys that he had there at Georgia at the same time. But – but I think the team that really disappointed me the most was Alabama. I thought given what they did last season and what they had coming back, what they were bringing in, you know, Nate Oates, uh, a young coach there that was still with a chip on his shoulder, maybe looking to, to prove himself. And I, I thought they would have been better in the regular season. Now they can certainly redeem themselves this weekend and weekend, but Given that they had beaten Gonzaga the way that they did, the way that they beat Houston, then I thought there in late January after they beat Baylor, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe the tide has turned here a little bit. But it didn't. I mean, it, it didn't came to Rupp Arena, and they could not beat Kentucky without its top two guards. I was like, man, this has been a pretty disappointing team, given some of the preseason hype and some of the talk up there. I thought they would have at least been a top three, top four team in the league, but, but they weren't. And they have the talent and still can make some noise, and they can beat you as a team you probably don't want to play. But I would have to put them in there as being disappointing. And then a team that's probably overachieved to me is Vandy. I'd say 
Vandy and what they've done under Stack. And I know you've talked about it, and I've talked about it on the phone with you, that I mean, you said it. this is a team that if they stick together and, and he stays there, you can see them probably be a, a bubble team or a tournament team here in another couple of years. They were very hard to beat at home this year. I know they lost some close ones to Florida, to Alabama, to Tennessee. Like, they that, that's not a bad basketball team. No, it's not. You mentioned Alabama. One thing, uh, his name's Evan, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right, Miyakawa, who is uh, he's a PhD student, uh, or used to be. It looks like he might be finished with school now. But he's got close to 10,000 Twitter followers. He runs a lot of simulations. I saw some of his brackets. Sean, he had Alabama as a national champion in one of the simulations. So the computers have obviously liked Alabama all year. Uh, but I would agree with you. I mean, you're talking about a team that was coming off an SEC championship last year. Um, did they lose some key pieces? For sure. John Petty. Uh, Herb Jones is a great player for Alabama last year. But – you still had Quinterly back. You still had Shackelford. You added a five-star guard in Davison. Um, there was a lot there to work with. For this team to just go 500 in the league in the regular season, coming to this tournament with 12 losses, you know, it's a little disappointing compared to uh, to what expectations were in the preseason. But um, we'll be back. You probably got to – well, you probably got to throw Florida in there too, right? I mean, it, they're just so it, mid. Just kinda, you know what the kids say? They're just so it, mid. They're so it, it is. And <laughs> it kind of feels like Mike, it kind of feels like what more do you get from Mike White? Like if, if you keep him sure you're going to be a team that's going to push 20 wins, but are you really going to do anything when it, when it matters? And, right. I mean, no, they probably feel like that one was ripped away from them today when they had the lead with the ball and then the possession, they, they ended up calling a foul, which I do think was the right call. Uh, but kind of, Kind of feels like all that momentum that they had there when Billy left, it, it's all gone now. Well, an interesting thing about Florida, too, um, and I don't care to talk about it now because it's been a premium story for well over a week. Uh, Jeff Borzello had his big coaching carousel breakdown on ESPN uh, maybe two Sundays ago coming up. And there were some rumors that – and it would surprise me in this way that Kermit Davis could get let go at Ole Miss – uh, I don't think Kermit's been terrible. They weren't very good this year at all. Uh, got thumped last night by Missouri. I think only won 13 games this year. But he's only been there four years in your old Miss, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he's been like – injuries this year too, I believe. Yeah, I don't think he's been like fireable bad. Like, yeah, Tom Carino had been at Georgia for four years, but it's clear that like that wasn't going to get any better. With Kermit, I think he's recruiting at a decent level. I think you're going to have some decent pieces back next season. Um, but anyway, that's not really the point. Well, I mean, it kind of is a point because they're talking about firing him. Well, Mike White is an old Miss alum, and there was some thought in the Borzella story that, you know, more or less it'd be like a, a lifeline thrown to Mike White, that, you know, he wouldn't get fired at Florida. He could leave on his own and go to Ole Miss. My question is, if you're an Ole Miss fan, are you even excited about that, about getting Mike White, if that's who you go with? Like, to me, that just doesn't really – and, again, I'm not like a Mike White hater, but I just don't think that he's – like you said, like he might be a guy that can shoot twenty one, and it's Ole Miss, though. I get it. Like you're not a, not a basketball power, but to me, I think Mike White's kind of a proven commodity. Whereas, I guess to me, Kermit is not bad enough that you would fire him. Like or more so that Mike White's not good enough, really, that you would fire Kermit Davis to go get Mike White. Look, if if you can't you can't win at Florida at a level of being competitive in the NCAA tournament after what Billy Donovan left, 
mm-hmm. you know, and then the fan support and stuff there. I don't think you're getting it done at Ole Miss. So I just don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that one at all. Like that one, look, Billy Donovan left whoever was the guy that come in and replaced him a very good place. I mean, you're talking about a practice facility there and everything, two national championships, three multiple final four, four final four appearances, I think, in his time there. Yeah, three. he showed it could be done, and, and it's. And I know, I know. They're early on. Mike Watt had that run to the Elite Eight when, when South Carolina beat them, but nothing else has really been there. And South Carolina, I mean, there's a lot, there's some coaches in this league that some schools that think that they get it. I think that they're like, okay, like South Carolina with Frank Martin, they had the Final Four run. Not much since you're you're kind of there, six or seven seed, eight seed in the SEC tournament every year. There's some cases like Georgia this year was just so bad, bad that you had to make a move. What happens with Ponzo Martin and Missouri been there a while now? Like, there's a lot of coaches that haven't made moves. Kermit's in that in that window too. And it feels like if you're in the top six in this league, you're, you're to the point to where you're a pretty solid basketball team. But then you have those middle of the pack teams and then the bottom pack where it, it's going to be constant coaching care. So I remember my first year on the beat, Kentucky beat Georgia in St. Louis, and then they fired Mark Fox. Well, fast forward a few years later, Georgia lost the first night of the SEC tournament, and they're looking for a head coach again. That, it's a cycle you got to get out of at some point, but it's it's hard to find the right guy at those schools. That's why I told you last night, Rick Pitino should call up and go to Georgia. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're Georgia, what do you have to lose? You're going to hire a great coach. And, yeah, there's baggage with Rick Pitino. I think we all know that. But, I mean, hell, what do you got to lose if you're Georgia, you know? Um, but – I mean, one big shakeup too, potentially, Sean, if LSU comes open. And I don't know that it will. I don't I mean, will Wade manage to survive uh, that whole ordeal a few years ago, but they got their notice of allegations a few days ago. That is a uh, – I mean, I think LSU is uh, – I don't know if I call it a great job. That might be stretching it a little bit. But that's been a program that's made a Final Four. Uh Will Wade's, you know, however he's done it, uh, he's managed to recruit very well down there. They've been very competitive. I think that's a very good basketball program. That would, I think, attract some some really good candidates if it were to come open. Does, does, does Sean Miller coach again? Yeah, I think or so. Or does he I, – I think so, too. Like, yeah. I'm kind of wondering here if one of the SEC jobs that opens up in, here in the near future, is, is that a call that they make? Do they go after a Sean Miller – and, you know, is he kind of trying to revive his career and stuff after everything that happened there at Arizona? Is Florida or is, is somewhere like that one of those places that he could you could see him go? I think Florida's an appealing job, uh, given what it's done in the past. I think it could attract a, a pretty good candidate if it opens again. But there's always going to be coaching carousel. If you're winning, you don't have to worry about it. But if you're losing, especially the commitment that this league has made to basketball in the last half decade, uh, it's certainly – amped up the pressure on that and that sport i think there are like very few bad sec basketball jobs like i think south carolina is a bad job i think it's a hard i think it's a hard place to win they have basically that final four run i mean it was very surprising outside of that they have almost nothing to show historically as a basketball program i think both the mississippi jobs are pretty tough um not a ton of talent in the state to get but outside of that, Sean, I mean, I think even Missouri is a decent job. Uh, I hate that state. I hate going there and visiting. But, like, <laughs> they, they, that's a place, though, that, I mean, you think back with uh, when Frank Haith was there, 
I know they got upset by Norfolk State that one year, but they were, what, a high two seed, I think, back when they were in yeah. the Big 12 before they came to the SEC. It's a place that has had good basketball at times. I think you saw what Martin did when he first got there, getting uh, Michael Michael Porter and his brother to come there. They got a few other good recruits. With St. Louis being there, there's typically always going to be some good players coming out of the city. Um, you could you could have, I think, a pretty decent program there. So I think some of these – to me, Georgia, there's just no excuse for Georgia not to have there's a good not. basketball program. I mean, there are so many good players in the South, so many good players in the state of Georgia. You look around – I mean, you mentioned Katie Johnson and uh, you mentioned Severe Willer who left the University of Georgia. Walker Kessler is a Georgia native. Um, think about the guys Kentucky's gotten some over the years. Ashton Hagens was a guy who – he was committed to Georgia, right? I think for a time. Yeah. It was. So there are some good players in that state. If you get the right coach there, I mean, Georgia would be a team that I could do a lot of damage. But a lot of schools right now, though, to the credit, they've got it figured out. Rick Barnes has been a great hire at Tennessee. Uh, Calipari's obviously been, I mean, Calipari's really one, one more national title away from clearly being the second best coach in this program's history, which is quite a testament uh, to both him and the program. Um, but Buzz Williams, I think, has done a great job at AM. Nate Oates. Up and down, but still, I mean, he was to win the SEC in a second year. It's a pretty big deal. Bruce Pearl's obviously been great at Auburn. Um, but, some of these other schools, if they get it right, I mean, you're talking about just an absolute gauntlet uh, of a conference. I think I think Buzz will be solid at AM. I, I think if they if they give him time, I think they'll be a consistent NCAA tournament team under him. I, I like Buzz. Oh yeah, I think so too. I, to get to 20 wins this year, I mean, I thought they were going to be terrible this year. They lost a lot of players. They were really bad last year. But they were the team, maybe more than any other in the league, affected by COVID. Um, they were. But it has made it certainly more challenging for Kentucky. You can remember when Cal got here. I went and looked at the 2012 team. Obviously, you know, one of the better teams all time in college basketball. But not really challenged at all in the SEC. And you think about the 2015 team that you know, basically – you know, there were two games from running the whole table in the whole season. But, again, not a lot of challenges there. A lot different now. Yeah. You have some truly – I keep – I keep thinking about this league tournament and what it's going to look like when Oklahoma and Texas get here and stuff. It's, yeah. it's definitely going to be – it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, this this is a very good league, Derek. And in most years, you, you have to point to Kentucky being the team that could win a national championship from this league. But I think the league itself probably feels like it has like a, one more than one team that can win it this year. And I think there's – it wouldn't shock me if there is someone behind Kentucky that makes the final four appearance this year. Is it Tennessee gets their first? Does Auburn get back there again? Uh, anybody with the right draw and if it opens up the right way and matchups favor, this is a league that – should be battle tested and ready to go make a run next week when that main tournament starts. But they're going to put on a show in Tampa before they get to that. Absolutely. Well, we'll wrap it up there. As always, the show is brought to you by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, London, Winsburg, and Pineville. Get out and see them this weekend. Uh, although I know there will be some inclement weather. So for all of our listeners out there, if you're going to be out, please be careful. Hopefully, Sean, and you don't have to worry about it because you'll be in sunny Florida. Uh, hopefully it's the last snow we have to deal with for the year, but we'll be back. Uh, we've not discussed our recording schedule yet. It's always a little tricky in the SEC tournament, especially this year because Kentucky's got the late game. They'll have to turn around and play in the afternoon on Saturday, assuming it wins. But you'll be hearing from us again this weekend, and then certainly on Sunday night we'll have an installation tournament reaction episode up. Uh, but we'll have one before then too. So be sure to subscribe if you aren't already. 
and check back in with us this weekend as we recap all the happenings in Tampa. But he's Sean Smith. I'm Derek Terry. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.